perspective is in every part of your life. You know, we for too long have kind of, well, I've got a, this is the God part because it's spiritual, and this is the, the normal part. And, uh, but it's not. God is interested in it all. He's interested in every part of your life. And it's significant that you realize that. And sometimes God just wants you to have fun. You know that? And just, yeah. And I can remember one time I was actually having a shower. And um, yes, I did have a shower. <laughs> one time when I was having a shower, I'll rephrase that, give it a bit more of a context. Yeah, more than one shower. But, but God, it was, God just spoke to me and he said, you know, it's daylight saving. Said, yeah. He said, and the pastor of church I was in at the time, he just said to me, he said, God, he said, um, this person, he said, he doesn't know it's daylight saving. And he's down at church wondering why there's no one there. <laughs> and I thought, I said to God, I said, why would you tell me that? He said, because I just thought you might enjoy the laugh, which I did actually. <laughs> but you know, it is, it's just happy times. So be encouraged in that. God really does want to bless us with those sorts of things. So, yeah, and one of the areas that God really, you know, loves blessing us with, again, is Christmas. And even though, you know, I've been talking about how the dynamic is, he does actually also have us enjoy the Christmas. You know, I love Christmas personally. I mean, I, I love to be able to just stop and hang out with the family and, and celebrate. And, you know, I, I think it's just a great time of the year. Um, but I also think, you know, sometimes it's a great time that through everything that's going on, it's an opportunity for us to pause a little bit. You know, holidays are, are an amazing time, both individually and corporately, to just be able to pause a little bit, to take a step back, to take a breather, and to just really reflect and celebrate. And in some ways, I hope to recalibrate our, our life priorities and, the things, and things like that. You know, it really is an amazing opportunity to do that. Because I think sometimes in the hustle and bustle and the busyness of all that's going on and this, just the stress of the holidays, we miss the opportunity that's right in front of us to really be able to catch what the season's about. Not only to catch what the season is about, but to see it play out in our everyday lives. See, the reality is we, we all know what the, the season's about, what Christmas is about. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season and all that sort of stuff. We can quote that. And... Uh, but I think that sometimes we, you know, we can easily relegate it to just a few days of rushing around like mad people and, and nice picture cards. And, um, you know, we, we need to realize that it's not just, just the one day where we, we think nice thoughts and we eat a lot of food and, and you know, we, we really, in that kind of concept, we miss the whole idea behind Christmas. And, I, and in many ways, I know I'm speaking to the choir here. You know, but I think that we need to really have an attitude of, of Christmas, like we should for Easter, that it's actually a, an every single day of the year celebration. I mean, Easter, Jesus rose. And we get to celebrate and live that every day. Every day we should wake up as believers and be so thankful that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that he didn't stay in the tomb, that he's alive. We need to hold that in our hearts we, you know, and, and, and that he's here and he's present with us. Easter is every day for the believer. And it's the same thing for Christmas. I really love that, you know, come let us adore him. I, find, I sing that lots in my personal devotion. And just because I just want my mind to, I'm just adoring him and worshiping him. You know, there's something really powerful about this season. 
And we need to learn as believers how to transition it from, from one, one thing. I mean, because it's easy for us to forget because there's so much trappings, because there's so much secular stuff around it and, and all that's got kind of lost in the, in the whole time. We've actually, I think we have done ourselves a disservice by taking that attitude and not by really pausing and understanding and meditating on the power of Christmas. It's like what I just said before. You know, the story is about God who was disconnected from, from the world that he loved because of sin. He sent his only son. He sent his son. God himself came as flesh. as a baby in a man, manger, grew to be a man. He, he was a spotless lamb of God. He died on a cross. He rose again. He came out of the tomb, defeating death once and for all to be the victorious king, the Lord of creation. And because of all of that, because of all of that, we are now reconnected and restored to a loving father. You see, we, we need to understand this. Really, ultimately, the story of Christmas is a story of hope. It's a story of hope. And that's, the, that's really what I want to get across to you today. The Christmas story is a story of hope. And I want, I want us to think of that in terms of transitioning from one day to, to what it is all the time, that we recognize the Christmas story as a story of hope. A, a, a story of hope that changes our lives every single day. But see, God came to a people who were hopeless, to a world that was hopeless, that was wandering in darkness, where, where there was no light. You know, really, they had given up. And God came and gave hope. We sang it in the song this, just a couple of minutes ago. I'd never, heard, I'd never really dialed into it before. Um, I just ended up with Celine Dion's song. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> it's not high on my list. Well, it's there, it's on the line, anyhow, <laughs> about how the world was wandering, hopeless. The world was wandering and it was hopeless. And Christ came and brought hope. You know, Jesus, the, 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 the New Testament writers pick up on that. Matthew chapter 4, he's quoting Isaiah chapter 9. And listen to the picture he's painting. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in a region and a shadow of death, light has dawned. He's talking about Jesus there. And, and notice he's not just saying that they were in darkness, he says they're sitting in darkness. The, the idea of that is a picture of people who have given up hope. I mean, they're not looking for a way out. They're not looking for, for how to get on with things. They've just given up, sat down, and have been resigned to a life of hopelessness. I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of situation where you've been disorientated because of the darkness. Pete and uh, Lara, when they were pastoring Risen Life Church in Dunedin, very generously invited me to go down and speak at a conference they were doing. And they put me up in this wonderful hotel right on the, the Esplanade at St. Clair. And this amazing hotel, it was, just, it was a beautiful room, and it had a king-sized bed with silk sheets. It was, now, I had never slept in a king-sized bed before. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and I had to go to <coughs> the bathroom. And so I started to roll towards the edge of the bed. <laughs> and 
and it wasn't there. <laughs> and I get and and I, and I I was panicking. I thought, oh Jesus, help me! I'm lost. I'm never going to get it. And I was I was so panicked because I couldn't find the edge. Then I finally found the edge by falling off onto my hands and knees. It was pitch dark, so I'm there trying stag kind of, and I just moved until I hit a wall. And then I went up the wall, and I went. I knocked a few things over, and I got to, and I turned the light on. And oh, and I couldn't see anything like in my hand in front of me. It was just such a relief. Oh, thank you, Jesus, you do love me. It was, I was so totally disorientated. And, you know, that's exactly really what they're talking about right here. People who were so completely in, in dark, no light, they couldn't find it. And they've just given up and they're sitting there in the darkness, just a total hopeless scene. Nothing can get us out of here. It's all over for us. And those are the people that God came for. You see, the story isn't just about a baby born in a manger. The Christmas story is much more. It's not about just you know, a whole lot of animals and angels and all a few wise men and all that kind of stuff. The story is a story of hope for a people who are hopeless. Bringing hope to a people who are hopeless. Hope is what Christmas is all about. In fact, the Bible talks about hope as being the, the anchor of our soul. The, the hope that we receive from God is an anchor for our soul. And this is the story of Christmas. Hebrews 6 verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor of the soul, firm and secure, which enters this inner sanctuary of the presence behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered for us and he has become a high priest forever. I mean, how good is that? We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Jesus is your anchor. He's the hope that you have. You know, it's really interesting in a way that the, the Bible even uses that picture there of an anchor because it's, it's a story of, of a picture of a ship in the middle of an ocean with waves of storm and wind and rain and, and, an, and a shaky, unstable environment of a sea. And the Bible says that Jesus is the anchor. The hope of the anchor is our soul. is firm and secure. It brings stability and instability. Because I don't know if you realize or not, but you were born in a storm. You were born in the middle of a storm. You see, the world is unstable and it's shaky. And this is what you were born into, all the things. Our entire, in our entire lives, our soul is searching for something to hold on to that is secure and stable. Something that pro can provide uh, uh, stability in our lives. Something that is a, an anchor for our souls. And the Bible says, hope is the anchor for our souls, which is Jesus he brings that stability, you know. I don't know if you've ever suffered from vertigo. It's, it's a horrible feeling, you know. I mean, I can remember the first time I got seasick. We were out in the Kuiper Harbour by, by where I grew, grew up, and we went out, and we went right out to the bar in the harbour. I don't know if you've ever been in the Kuiper Harbour, right up by the bar. It's actually the largest natural harbour in the Southern Hemisphere. And, um, but when you get up there by the bar, it's incredible, and the reason it never got developed, it was, actually, here's your history lesson for today, you're welcome. It was a competition between Helensville and Only Hunger to become the, the, the port of Auckland on this coast. 
but the, the bar and they were going into the Kuiper Harbour was so bad and they had so many shipwrecks that they deserted that and came to, went south instead. So right out on the bar, it's amazing fishing, but man, is it bad. In fact, you know, it is, as I said, many shipwrecks and only a couple of years ago, unfortunately, a boat got broken up and several people were killed out there. Um, but it's great fishing and so, you know, the more experienced fishermen always take you out there. But boy, can it be rough. And I remember getting so seasick. It was just like, you know, take me home now, I'm ready to die, you know, it was just, and our boat was being tossed around, I just wanted the world to stop moving, you know, it was just so horrible, and, but the scary thing, the funny thing is, I remember we got back to shore, and I got off the boat, and I stood on the land, and the land kept moving, (laughs) and I'm kind of, would it just, will someone please turn the switch off and stop the world from moving? Because it felt like everything was so, so terrible. And for the next couple of days, every time we got in a car, we went around a corner, it was, oh no. Because the car would turn and, and I would keep going for another couple of minutes and it felt horrible. It was so unfair, so horrible. That's what it's like when you have vertigo. And that's in a way what our souls sometimes go through. You know, it's, it's, it's that horrible thing where the world is so unstable, so uncertain with all sorts of things going on around it. But God comes and says his hope. And that hope is the anchor for your soul. So whatever storm you're in, whatever situation's going on in your life right now, you can be in a place that's firm and secure because you can be anchored to Jesus. And that's why the message of, of Jesus is so critical because it's what all the world needs. See, that's it. The, the message of Christmas is that Jesus came to bring us hope and that we can fix our lives on him. And 1 Peter 1 verse 13 says, Therefore prepare your mind for action and keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Fix your hope. One translation says, set your hope. Fix your hope completely on the grace that brought to you by revelation of Jesus Christ. See, when things are unstable in your life, when, when, when you feel like you're in the middle of a sea, when you're in the middle of a storm, and you're seasick and nauseous and from all that's going on, there's only one thing that will bring stability, that thing of which you can anchor your life to. Jesus. Because you see, so often we anchor our lives to things that we think will bring stability. But as life goes on, we, it just becomes so clear that those things as well are just as shaky. We, we look around, where can I put my hope? Where can I, what's the place of hope for my life? Where can I fix my hope to? And, and somehow the world convinces us, well, you know, if you work really hard, if you, if you become successful, and so our hope becomes our effort and, and, and working hard. But we find out very quickly that that's sta- unstable and shaky. Or if I just had enough finances, my hope, if I was fi- protected financially, but again, we discover that that's, that's shaky and unstable. What about if I just put my, my, my uh, hope in, in people and relationships, if I just had the right relationship, if she just loved me, ah, <sighs> Life would be perfect. Be wrong. If I just was in the right group, then security would be there. I'd have hope. 
And very quickly we find out that the only unshakable thing in this world is Jesus and his kingdom. That's it. Everything else is shakable. Everything else is unstable. And at the end of the day, this is the message of Christmas. The people who had spiritual vertigo, people who were sitting in hopelessness and darkness, God becomes flesh and says, I'm going to bring hope that you can have an anchor in your life that's immovable and unshakable. You need to put your hope in Jesus. You know, because the problem is that so often, even as believers, we, we try to look around and see what else we can fix our hope in. And the storm comes and we just can't stand it. When I was uh, uh, about eight or nine, we had this amazing storm, actually over Christmas. You know, we talk about weather getting worse now, you know, summer and... But this was when I was eight or nine, so back in the dark days. We was, uh, and we had this amazing storm come through. And I remember standing on the couch in our, be in, our in our lounge looking out. And the storm was about two or three days. It was so bad. I remember my, my brother, who worked in the power board, actually missed Christmas Day because he was out working the whole day trying to fix power lines for the farmers. But I remember standing there on the couch looking out, watching across a little bit of a valley. And across the valley was some of our neighbours. And they had chicken sheds. And I can remember standing there and just all of a sudden, they just started coming to pieces. And next thing, boom, they were gone. They were just blown away by the storm. And, you know, it's, it's so, they'd been there for 20 years and they'd withheld a lot of storms, but when a really big storm came, they were, they were not able to stand. They were taken out. And that's so often what happens to our lives. We put them on something and, and we think, oh, it's going to be okay and we're going to get through. And, and, but God wants us to be anchored firmly. So there's no uh, firm and solid, so there's no shaking that can hurt us, that it's completely and utterly stable. He is the anchor of our soul. You see, the hope found in Jesus is the anchor of our soul. And here's the thing, you know what? It's not just an eternal hope. It's a present hope as well. You see, there are two hopes that are available to us. There's the eternal hope, and this is a very real and beautiful thing. A few weeks ago, Joel, Mel, myself, and Kev we, we went to Whangarei to the funeral of, of Andrew Batch's father. And, you know, as I sat there and I listened to them talk about this incredible man and they celebrated his life and they shared about how he came to faith in Jesus Christ and how it turned his whole life around and his family's life around. And, and even as his sicknesses came, he, he, had, he lived with this incredible hope because of the deep love he had for God. And when he passed on, he, he passed on with confidence and hope, because he knew, he knew that it wasn't just the end of the story for him because of his hope. You know, 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says this, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Listen to this. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. You see, there's an eternal hope that we link our lives to. In the, in, the, in the middle of midst and pain and confusion 
and loss. And Paul says, listen, we grieve, but we grieve differently because we have hope. And the rest of mankind doesn't know Jesus and they don't have that hope. And the hope is this, that this life is not all that there is. And those who put their faith in Christ will spend eternity with them. This is simply the start of the journey, a moment in time. And as sad as we are when we lose someone and as grieved as we feel, we grieve with hope because there's an eternal hope for us to those who have accepted Jesus and his work on the cross, that they will spend eternity with him. So while we grieve, there is hope. And that's the eternal hope. But you know what? It's not just that we get to have eternal hope. It's not just about, well, one day when I die, I'm gonna go and live with Jesus. But there's a very present real hope right now. There's a hope available to us right now. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, our very help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And here's a storm picture. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, through the mountains shake and its swelling, the Lord Almighty is with us. He is our refuge and strength. See, He is a very present help right now. It's not only about eternal help. That anchor in our lives is present right now. God is not a distant God. And this is, this is the story of Christmas. He's not a, a distant God. God with us was the very story. He's the one who's drawn close to you and that you can anchor your life on. The hope is Jesus right now. Right now. Not some other time. See, in need, there is provision. In sickness, there is healing. In impossible situations, there's power to overcome. In the midst of confusion, there is clarity. In bondage, there is freedom. In fear, there is safety. In mourning, there is comfort. In insecurity, there is a love that is secure. And in sin, there is forgiveness. That is the hope the present hope that is available to every single one of us right now. And so I want to encourage you not just to celebrate on Christmas Day what Jesus has done over Christmas and think about it. I would want us that every single day we wake up and understand that the story of Christmas is a story of hope. That as we go in, that as if you go into 2020, and I don't know what your situation may be, but you can go in with hope because God, God is here. And you may feel, you may feel as we close off this year that you've been sitting in darkness. Well, I want to tell you, God became flesh and he walked amongst us and he walked to die on the, and he died on the cross and he's risen from the dead and he's made a way and a place for each one of us. There's an eternal hope, but not only that, there's a present hope right now. He is available in every situation to be the unshakable, unmovable, secure and stable saviour. That's the story of Christmas. So when you wake up on December the 25th, let's celebrate that. When you wake up on December the 30th, let's celebrate that. When you wake up on January the 4th, let's celebrate that. When you wake up on February the 12th, hey, let's celebrate that. And as we go into March, and as we go into April, and May, and June, let's celebrate the hope of what Jesus Christ has done. 
He is the hope of the world. He is the hope of the world and the anchor of our soul. And that is the great message of Christmas that we have. Amen? Hey, let's stand, shall we? There's just a couple of things I want to do as we finish up this afternoon. One is I want to pray a blessing or release a blessing over all of us, seeing this is our last time together for this year, so I want to do that. Don't forget also, by the way, there's Christmas cake or cake and coffee afterwards, and we'd love to have you all just stay around for a little while and just have some fellowship and bless one another and have a good time. The other thing I want to do just is I want to pray before I pray a blessing over you is a couple of people I think would be really good for us as a church to pray for. Firstly, Karina. You know, we all know and love Karina. And just right now, they've got some real family situations going on. And I'd really want to encourage us all, you don't need to know details, to just pray and speak life and hope into that situation. She's asked us to do this. So she's aware that we're going to do it. I'll lead it. But I would encourage you to continue praying for her. And the other one is Tavaro and Ingrid. And um, Tavaru's dad died a couple of days ago, which um, I mean is yeah, he's gone to be he's gone to glory, and it's just like what I've been talking about. We have the hope, and they know that. But I mean, it's still always a time of Christmas is a time of grieving and loss, and you know he, they're, they're handling it you know really well. And, but of course, there's also the families and you know the whole kind of deal. So I just want to pray for both them. So if you join me for that first, Father, Lord, first we pray for Ingrid and Tavaru. Father, we thank you for this amazing family who are so much part of our family and the love and the care and the joy they give. And Lord, we just pray your presence with them right now. Father, not only for them, but with, with Tuvalu's mum and with the wider family and Father, even with the Tuvaluan community that his dad's been such a leader in, in Auckland. Father, and I just pray your blessing upon them as a family. Father, over the next little while, as they just work out all the process of and uh, Father, we just pray that it'll just be a time of real honour for you. And Father, we just speak peace and your presence into to Tuvalu's and, and Ingrid's life right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And Father, we just pray for Karina. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful woman of God. Always got a smile on her face, always ready to chat and talk and just loves the Lord so much and is such a servant. And Father, we pray for her family situation right now. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you just invade that whole situation. Father, we speak healing, we speak release, we speak peace, we speak reconciliation. Father, we just speak a, just a supernatural Christmas miracle into that family, Father. Thank you, Father. We just pray your blessing over them right now in the name of Jesus. Right now. Amen. So please, can I encourage you to continue praying for both of them? That'll be really good. So that's cool. So, now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the wise men, and the amazing peace, hope, and love of Jesus. I declare over you the power to walk in the fullness of sons and daughters of God. 
And I declare over you now the Spirit of Christ, which is peace, the blessing of Christmas, which is hope, the heart of Christmas, which is love. May God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. And I pray prosperity, I pray abundance, I pray life into 2020 and declare it's going to be a great, great year. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. Hey, thank you once again for your support and love over this year. It's been quite a journey for us, huh? But we've made the end of it, and next year is going to be a great year. So, hey, hang around, have coffee, have cake, and bless you guys.